Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June the 14th, 2014, and we're one day from Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all the guys out there who are having their business, taking care of their children every day, and just doing it. Now, we all have been in the situation where we just don't know exactly what to do for a certain injury for our children, especially when their eyes puffy, they get a sore throat, you thinking that you need to take them immediately to the doctor, and it might not always be that case, or you might not have time to go to the doctor for any apparent reason. It could be long gas or whatever, or you just can't afford the medicine to get for them. But here with me is to help us through all that, to prepare us for these medical issues that we go through to take you through these simple little tasks that we worry and stress about so much. Here with me is Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. They are Dr. Bones, the disaster doctor, is a medical doctor. Amy Alton, also known as Nurse Amy, is an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse wife. So, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, how are you doing today? We're awesome. Thank you so much for inviting us to your show. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Right. It feels like the show it feels like we end the show, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just so glad that you're here with us today and to give us these medical tips because, as I was saying before, sometimes it's hard. You, we panic. And what I loved about my mom's generation, they didn't have all, all this technology, so they, they strive to do what they could. To heal you, you didn't have to worry about going to the doctor when I was growing up. It was no doctor. Your mother healed you in her house, and that was it. Now it looks like we go to the doctor for every little thing, and sometimes you're not always able to make it. You're absolutely right. We really have lost uh, a lot of our, well, I, what I call medical self-reliance. So we're big on, on helping people that are non-professionals, deal with a lot of medical issues that they would occur. We concentrate, of course, on disaster situations. Our book is called The Survival Medicine Handbook, so you can get get it from that. But basically what we do is we take all of that medical ease, that, that language that only doctors speak, and we put it all in plain English because we want the average person to be able to handle these issues on their own whenever possible. Our mission is very simply to put a medically self-reliant person in every family. So how did you and me go about getting into disaster preparedness? And, or well, you know, we... Well, I guess it all, it all started uh, around the time of Hurricane Katrina. Of course, we... 
Uh, everyone uh, remember remembers that, and we had over 1,872 deaths in that disaster, and we experienced some major deficiencies in our national emergency response, and that's despite the best efforts of, of hundreds of medical professionals that were put into what they called disaster medical assistance teams, or DMAPs, uh, that converge on the disaster area very, I mean, very soon, right after pretty much it, uh, the storm passed through the area. And these medical personnel found that they just couldn't get to some people in time to save them. A lot of areas were flooded, and there were just so many, and even with the best equipment and doing their very best to, to get to these people, we lost some people unnecessarily as a result of the inability of trained medical personnel to get there and the fact there was no medically self-reliant person that could deal with these issues. So we found there was a real need for medical education for the average person and uh, gosh, so many disasters have occurred just in the last 18 months if you think about it. Uh, Hurricane Sandy on the East Coast, uh, tornadoes all up and down Tornado Alley wildfires in Texas, California, even earthquakes in California, and the floods even in drier places like Colorado. So I'll admit that the chances that you might be personally affected by any one disaster in any given year, maybe, they may be small, but what's the chance that you will never be affected by a disaster during your lifetime or maybe your children's lifetime? So that's why it's so important to be medically self-reliant. Right, because we don't never know what could happen to us. And a lot of times we make fun of these. And a lot of times, Dr. Um, Bones, we make fun of these people that we call survivalists and laugh because they got this food stocked up in their house or all the medicine. But like you said, we, we don't know when when life is to change for us. We don't. All we know is our birth. We don't know what's promised tomorrow. Tomorrow could be an earthquake, in which we never had an earthquake in Atlanta, Georgia. But who knows? We we can't. We just hope that it doesn't happen. But Dr. Bones, as well, I would like to know what are some ways to prep up should should parents or anyone go through medical training? Absolutely right. I believe that it's very important to take. Uh, medical first aid classes and what they call first responder classes that are given for absolutely for free in just about every municipality in the country. I know that uh, many many cities in the state of Georgia give uh, give these classes and they, they offer them for free because they want as many people to be able to handle emergencies as as possible. And I think that these classes are awesome, but the one thing that you have to remember is that these classes assume that you have modern medicine available to you and that all you have to do is have to stabilize that injured or ill individual and then transport them to a modern medical facility. Now, in some circumstances, look at Hurricane Katrina, there were no modern medical facilities that were functioning at that time, and especially in the early going, and these people found themselves left to their own devices and having to deal with these issues on their own. And so whenever you take a class like this, I want you to absorb everything that they teach you. But in the back of your mind, I want you to say, what if I couldn't get this person 
to the ambulance? What if I couldn't call the uh, 911? What if I couldn't get that person to the hospital? What would I do if I had to be, at least for the time being, the end of the line with regards to whether this person lives or dies? So these are important things to have in the back of your mind when you're taking some of these excellent courses that are, that, that are put on by, uh, by your local municipality. And if you can absorb the information they teach you, but think in the back of your mind, what additional things would I have to do if I had to deal with this issue for more than just the time it took for the ambulance to arrive to the scene? Exactly, and that's what people have to understand. They have to actually just sit down and start getting this common sense. Things happen, and we need to be fully prepared for anything, especially when we're raising our children. We need to be prepared with them in school where teachers know more. So I think a little seminar of some sort will help adults um, get through this. Now, with your Survivor Medicine Handbook, Dr. Bones, does this, take people through everything, um, you you have the disaster relief, um, the safety first aid, survivor skills in there. What about um, anything preparing you maybe like with firearms, self-defense, and wilderness survival? You know what? We believe we have a lot about wilderness survival, wilderness survival in there, but we don't, we want this we want this book to appeal to everyone. We don't care what their uh, political stripe is, what you know, what what they think politically, and that the firearms are such a polarizing issue in our country that we, other than telling you how to deal with wounds that are caused by firearms, which we do talk about, uh, we we don't really put together a. a a political opinion. There's nothing political in the book. You're not going to find things in the book that are going to say, well, you should do this because, uh, you know, you're conservative or, or we should do this because, you know, we're progressive. We really feel that we, we don't care about that. We just want people to have the best chance of keeping it together even with, when things fall apart. And so our book talks about so many different things that, we, I'll tell you, the book is 550 pages. It's become the, the main reference book for people that are concerned about what to do medically in times of trouble. And we talk about over 100 different topics that relate to what you might encounter as the medically responsible person for your family in times of trouble. So we talk about uh, respiratory infections. We talk about what happens when... Uh, you wind up drinking contaminated water or improperly preparing food because uh, the the water system has, is down. We talk about uh, dealing with sewage. We talk about uh, all sorts of infections that from from appendicitis to tetanus. We talk about what happens if what do you do if you encounter somebody who's got heat stroke uh, in the cold. We talk about what do you do when someone uh, is suffering from exposure. And, of course, we talk about preparedness for every type of storm or you, know, you could possibly imagine or wildfire, earthquake. Uh, we talk about how to deal with things in the wild. In other words, you know, simple things like poison ivy and, and that kind of stuff, minor wounds, major wounds, uh, stab wounds. Uh, we, we even talk about 
what to do if you had to close the wound and, and, and more importantly, the judgment as to when a wound should be closed. Because, you know, in, in these kind of situations, many times these wounds would be dirty. And if you try to close a wound, then you may wind up locking in an infection that could really, really be injurious to the person. So we have, um, we talk about allergic reactions, uh, from these things, or, or just in general, just people who have asthma, things like that, uh, strains and sprains and fractures, and we just go throughout everywhere. We talk about everything from athletes' foot, athletes' feet to amputation. So it is. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing we don't talk about in this thing. I mean, it's, it's right. I'll tell you, I had to. This is the second edition of our book, and we actually had to physically make the book slightly bigger just to keep the book under 700 pages. That's how. That's how extensive we went with it. Right, because so many people have so many questions, and you're always wondering, can this do this? Can I have this natural remedy to substitute this? Because all the time, you might not have that goody power to cure that headache, and I know I And I try to keep stocked up on them. But at times, I don't have that goody power. I'm like, what else can I use to do that? So I know this book will be definitely helpful for me, especially preparing for your home or even outside the home, my suggestion is always to have a, a first aid kit or you can even make your own. And Red, American Red Cross have those little items that you could prepare to have. You never know what injuries a child will encounter in sports or even on a road trip. And, you know, it's just, it's just things that you have to be informed in another thing I also think too, Dr. Bones, is to know what goes on in your area. Know if a hurricane is about to occur because um, these events can range from those affecting only you and your family like a home fire or medical mercy to those affecting your entire community, like I said, like an earthquake or a flood. You never know what, dis- what disasters will come about, but those are things that we should be alert about. Well, I think you're absolutely right. There's so many different things that could happen uh, even in areas that are are uh, that are, are relatively close to hospitals and things like that, some the the hurricanes you mentioned, uh, just even plain old storms. Uh, in some circumstances, you may see uh, epidemics start uh, arriving. There, you know, the Ebola virus had an epidemic just in Africa just recently. Uh, we had uh, in middle in the Middle East that uh, what they call MERS, M-E-R-S, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, uh, is actually made it to our country. We have a couple, had a couple of cases here. Some of these uh, infections actually have a, a significant death rate associated with it, but we don't know how to deal with some of these. They're relatively new, and we don't know how to deal with them yet. So th- this medical preparedness is basically just another form of insurance. I mean, you buy health insurance, but you you don't want to get sick. I mean, you buy car insurance, you don't want to have a car accident. So what happens is having medical supplies in your home and having some of that medical knowledge is another form of insurance. But instead of paying to get some piece of paper that says you have insurance, I mean, you actually get physical items, something tangible, you know, in terms of medical supplies that you can have with you and, the, and most of these supplies have last for years and years and, and, and don't expire. I mean, gauze, bandages, you know, uh, tourniquets, things like things that you might need 
in times of trouble. And, and of course, you know, there are a lot of circumstances with civil unrest and uh, you need to be able to deal with traumatic injuries. You, you never know what will happen in good times or in bad. We don't. We don't. And all the times when we have these disasters, America Cross or, or the ambulance is not always available to get to these people. Like we mentioned with Hurricane Katrina, no one was able to get to people in enough time. So you have to be on point. You have to think. And sometimes people, they panic when we have those type of disasters. And I think, Dr. Bones, your book will be accessible as well because all the times they're not prepared for emergencies either. And there's no siren that goes off when they have these influenza breakthroughs or a child gets sick and then it's a wreck hobbit going on in the school. So this would be advisable for the school nurses to have one of these type of books. Well, I think so. so I think that uh, – well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh no. Go ahead, Dr. Bone. Well, I was just saying that this book is useful for just about anyone. We have these books. Uh, uh, we, we've sold many of these books uh, to many different types of people. We've got them in police departments, fire departments. We have them in schools. We have them in pe- some people that travel around in boats to uh, the, the islands, uh, you know, in the Caribbean or other places, uh, carry this book with them because it's, it's simple. It's step-by-step stuff. You don't have to be a paramedic, you want to be a nurse or a doctor to, to understand what to do. Most everything is step by step. If, if we can put in a natural remedy also with regards to a particular medical problem, that will work. Uh, something that might even be, uh, let's say, a plant that might be even in your own environment, right, in your own backyard that might have medicinal benefits, we put it in there. So we really, we really feel that this is a very useful book for for a lot of people. I mean, even just to just to have the book and be able to refer to it when something happens, you know, I think is it's useful for just about anybody. Now, when it comes between survival medicine and modern emergency medicine, what is the difference between those two? Well, you know what, in modern emer- uh, emergency medicine, we have all those wonderful high technology that uh, we can easily access. So the, the actual difference between normal, modern emergency medicine and true long-term survival medicine is very simple. It's, your, it's as basic as your goal. What's your goal? Let's say if you come across someone who's injured, who's bleeding, or someone that's ill, what you want to do is you want to Take that person, you want to stabilize them as best as you possibly can. Then you want to get them to the next highest medical resource. I mean, after all, you're probably not a doctor yourself, and you don't know all the things that you need to need to know. Plus, additionally, you don't have all this high-level equipment. You don't have respirators, and you don't have uh, intensive care units and trauma surgeons and things like that. So you really, really want to know, uh, want to be able to get that person to the next highest resource. The truth, though, about survival medicine is that you are the highest resource. You are the, you cannot pass the bucket. You are now, as I mentioned earlier, the end of the line with regards to whether that person gets better or not. And so that's why it's so important to know a lot of these basic, basic and simple, simple techniques to get people to heal well and to have all the supplies that are necessary and medicines that are necessary to get them better from beginning to end if it has to be. 
why I do. I, I understand that now, <laughs> and I'm glad you explained that to me. It makes more sense now. With your book, what? Why is why is the Survival Melter Handbook any different from the average first aid book, though? Well, you know, this book is indeed very different from the usual first aid books. Now, I'm not saying that those first aid books aren't good. There are a lot of excellent first aid books, but our book, from the front cover to the back cover never says go to the doctor and it never says go to the hospital and you know why that is because we assume they no longer exist because some disaster has happened something maybe on the level of right. Katrina, so maybe something maybe something worse and so we assume that those things don't exist so we never tell you to just call 911 like all these other books simply because 911 may not be available to you Right, and you can, you know, and I do agree with that, because you're not gonna always be able to get to the doctor. It could be it for any reasons. You might, like I said, you might not have enough gas in your car. So how will you be able to get there? And then if you call the ambulance, they want to charge you an arm and leg sometimes just to ride an ambulance. So yeah, that does make perfect sense. And doctor will not always be available, especially with the way our healthcare issues are going too. So. That's another thing we have to worry about. Well, things are changing, and, uh, you know, you never know if things are going to be for the better or for the worse, uh, but you better hope for the best and uh, prepare for the worst. Right. I know I'm going to end up getting this book. I I don't have it, but I was thinking, I said, I need this, especially when you have children running around. It's just uh, things are about to happen. So this book will be available for anyone, like Dr. Baum said, Please do, because don't think that we all Superman. There is no such thing as that. Nobody's invisible or invincible. So please grab the book. It will be very helpful for anything. Now, Dr. Bones, what are some of the basic things one can do to stay healthy after a disaster? Well, in a disaster situation, one thing you don't want to be is completely alone. You know, the people that are going to be Having to do, having to deal with issues in a disaster, they're going to have a lot that they're going to have to do. They have to worry about sterilizing water. They're going to have to worry about uh, preparing for the common defense. They're going to have to worry about uh, keeping an eye out to make sure people don't take their stuff. I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of things. There's civil unrest. There's all sorts of crazy things that that can happen. And so, one of the first things that you can do is get your whole family on board with regards to being prepared, just just in general. I think that's one of the first things you can do to stay healthy because if you had to do all of this stuff yourself, believe me, if you, if you did survive, it would be a miserable existence. And so the more people that you get on board with, you, you know, with, with preparedness and being, being medically ready and ready from, uh, well, just about every standpoint, food supply and things like that. Well, I'll tell you that if you can do that and get a group of people, like-minded people that think that, well, you know, things may happen one day that uh, may put us in, in some trouble, get as many people as you can together that are willing to cooperate and help each other. Because if you can do that, you can put together a, a community, just so, even if it's just your extended family, then you're going to have the best chance of succeeding even if everything else fails. 
So I think that's number one. And of course, number two, I'm a doctor, so I'm going to be telling you the usual things. Stay, be healthy before a disaster occurs. What you need to do, you know, try to get as close to your normal weight for your height and age as you possibly can. Try to eat healthy if you can. This is all regular diet, doctor recommendations. You've heard them before. If you've got bad habits, let's say if you smoke, man, you've got to stop smoking because in a disaster situation, your stamina is going to be tested. And if your stamina is going to be tested, how are you going to get the lung power that you need if you smoke? So that's one thing that, that I think is a good, uh, an important thing. You know, get, get some exercise. Try to get in the best shape that you possibly can. And while we have all this modern technology, go ahead and get that. If you have a bad knee, get that knee fixed. Because believe me, if you're on your own and you have to deal with, with issues and you have to exert yourself physically, that, that's going to come back to haunt you. I mean, as a matter of fact, what I did myself... I have. I'm, I was very nearsighted, and so I got the the LASIK procedure, which is that eye surgery that gives you perfect eyesight. And so now I have the eyes of of an eagle. I mean, I I can see long distance stuff. I got, I I'll admit the eyes of a very old eagle, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the eyes of an eagle. So make sure make sure that you take advantage of this technology while we have it to get yourself in the best possible physical shape that you can. Right. You know, I also read around, too, that it, to really stay healthy amongst that is to also maybe even keep a living will, which most times when you go to the doctor, anything can happen when you fall ill. Somebody can always give you, so those are some things that you can have as part of trying to healthy as well. You know, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous to most. We think about a will, but... And, but as Dr. Bones and I mentioned earlier, things happen, and you, you don't know. You have to expect the unexpected. And, Dr. Bones, you know what really gets me, though? Because as we was talking about the emergency room, you know, things don't always happen in the emergency room, and we, we kind of know that. That's, that's what's funny about life. I think we can all attest to that. They don't never occur in the emergency room. They always occur on the outside. That's true. So you you may not have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no. Go ahead, Dr. Bone. I was just saying. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. So you don't necessarily, unless you work to to get your medical supplies together and get some knowledge together, you're not. You really aren't going to be able to expect. You know all. You know the the services of a medical professional, things like that, right at your beck and call. I mean, sometimes there are some circumstances where you need help in in seconds and the ambulance arrives in minutes and so that's why you have to be prepared and you're ready to act anytime that there's let's say an injury or or uh, some kind of accident right and you made me think about the fact that i need to practice as well with my family just in case of any disaster happen because you can have all the kids the plans and the tools but they just don't substitute for the talking, the education. Those are things that you have to sit down with your family and discuss, okay, what to do if this event happens or this disaster comes about. Where are the tools kept at? Where are the disaster kits kept at? Where are we going to run for cover if anything happens to unplug from this universe within that hour? So it's, it's, it's really 
things that we don't want to think about, but we always have to be ready for. Just when we was growing up in elementary, they always prepared us for fire drills, earthquakes, anything, cover your head. So, and I, you know what, Dr. Bones, I just realized I don't think the schools are still practicing in that. Because my children don't come home and say, Mom, we practice that. But when I was going to elementary school, we was brought out from our class and we had to practice for those types. And I think schools need to get in the habit for practicing that, even when we have these um, school shootings. I'm, I'm, I didn't want to bring that up, but school shootings, we need to practice for those uh, until we can get a handle on keeping these children from bringing guns to school. We just need to prepare for that. If something goes, if that happens, we need to prepare how to evacuate the building. Um, to get away from the shooter or something like that. These are things that schools need to prep up on because obviously it's not it's not being handled correctly. So now we need to prepare our children. Okay, somebody come in. Well, what we what are we going to do? We're going to sit there, scream, or are we going to try to evacuate this building calmly? So we become so complacent, Technicia, about uh, the way. Things are, we always expect right. that things will always be normal and, and that nothing bad will ever happen. And, and so we, we drop the ball, I think. I think we no longer try to prepare our children's for, children for some of the issues that can happen in right. times of trouble. And, and this, I think, is really bad because if you're not vigilant about Keeping, you know, keeping people being aware of situations and being ready to ready to act. I mean, that situation will control them instead of their controlling the situation. And so, I, this I think is one of the, the big ways that you know our school system has failed our kids, and, and that it really isn't giving them enough training in dealing with. Uh, medical issues. I mean, they may talk to them, you know, when they get to be teenagers about VD and things like that, but uh, I'm talking about basic things, things that, you know, how to prevent, you know, how to protect yourself if there's somebody dangerous in the area, things like that. There's there's not enough, not not enough training with regards to that. Right. And I agree with that totally. I mean, we don't want school shootings to happen, but we have to prepare our children for this until we can get a handle on it. I, I don't know. I hope something could stop this because I get tired of turning on the news knowing that we all had at least about probably 74, 75 school shootings since after Sandy Hook, and we still haven't got control of it. But now what's the next step? Prepare these children. Prepare the schools. All schools all around nationwide need to be doing the same thing. Who knows? We can't say, oh, it hasn't happened in our school, so it's not never going to happen. We don't know. So I agree with you all the way, Dr. Bones. We need to get a, we need to start preparing our children for any disasters. Now, Dr. Bones, this, um, now we talking about in your book, we talk, you talk about herbal remedies and the mix alternatives. Now, most people, they don't believe in mixing one with the other, so why mix alternatives and herbal? is in with conventional medicine in your book. Well, you know what? We are we're conventionally trained. My wife is an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife, and I'm a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, and, uh, and we've been trained conventionally. But, you know, in a, survival, a true survival situation, 
you may not have the access, as I've said many times on the show, the to all the to the modern technology. And so we have to know what might be in our environment, what plants might be in our environment, for example, that might have medicinal benefit. What what could you put in a in your garden that you could possibly take, make a tea out of, and get somebody better from uh, an upset stomach or f- uh, from a fever, things like that. If you don't, if you don't use all the methods that are available to get someone better, especially in a survival situation, well, you know, you're just not using all the tools, all the tools right. in the medical woodshed. So, you know, there's. You got, you have got to do that because if you don't, then it's just like fighting a boxing match with one hand tied behind your back. You're not, you're not using all your weapons, and and we're going to need every little bit of help that we get in 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 a long-term survival situation. It could even it could even be worse. The pharmaceuticals could run out, medicines could run out, and you may be required to only do that. And we have a, a collection of all these uh, of, of old medical books, a lot of them going back to the 19th century. And I'll tell you, the conventional medical treatments then, back then, were all taken from the plants that were in people's gardens. They even had put together a medicinal garden so that they could use some of these materials when they needed to because that's basically all that they had. So that was there's all these herbal remedies and stuff that you read about that was conventional medicine back then. And so we may one day find ourselves thrown back to a situation where we have to depend on them. And right. I think that it's an, I think I think it's an awesome idea to get some knowledge about, you know, what will what plant will will help take care of pain, what uh might help with fever, things like that. Uh, I think that is really really important. Right. That's why parents didn't stay sick. Because they knew how to deal with their illnesses by doing this. Now we we gain off this. We depend on this medicine. If we don't have it, then it's lost. Now certain things might can't be replaced, like insulin or, or those type of things. I'm thinking of, but but for the stuff like for headaches, um, I don't know any other natural causes that we can get. Probably can be substituted with natural remedies. We just we just become so lazy, Dr. Bones. That's what it's called. All the technology around us, I made us lazy. We don't want to do nothing. We just want we to depend lost. on every little thing that we can. Yeah, depend on everything we've that we can get our hands on. Yeah, somewhere over the generations, we've lost that knowledge and you know knowledge that your your grandparents had, and uh, and they they were able to be much more medically self reliant than we are today because they. They learned these things. This was just part of their life. I mean, and they would grow. I mean, they would grow food, of course, in in their garden, but they would also uh, have these medicinal herbs growing there and so that they can use them as they need them. Right. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to be back with Dr. Bones. So if you have any questions, do not be afraid to call in, or you can even hit me up on the chat box. We'll be but we will be right back after this. Don't touch the dial. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. 
When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Any daughter would do the same. But soon enough, he needed help doing more things. And it was up to me to be his personal shopper and financial manager, too. And before I knew it, Dad moved in with me. So I became his cook, his personal assistant, his physical therapist, and even his nurse. When I started taking care of Dad, I didn't realize all the roles I'd have to play. But no matter what, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the many roles you play. And to help, we created an online caregiving resource center. At aarp.org caregiving, you can find resources and connect with the caregiving community. Together, we can better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving to learn more. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Dr. Bones. We have been talking about his wonderful book, The Survival the Handbook. We have talked about conventional medicine, mixed alternatives, and herbal remedies. Um, just being prepared during any disaster, getting our children prepared as well. And the schooling even the adults on how to be prepared. Now, Dr. Bones, as we were mentioning, we were talking, um, I want to know about what are some must-have medical supplies that you'll need in a survival situation? I'm going to go ahead and, you know what, my lovely wife, Nurse Amy, is here. And <laughs> I have, doing such you know a great job, I've, honey. I have been such a, a chatterbox. Wow, I just can't, I just can't. I just can't. I hate to interrupt him. I want Nurse Amy to go ahead and talk about that because that's sort of her thing. So Yeah. That, that, that is good, um, a good We make a good team. We make a good team. Um, you know, medical supplies, I think for a lot of people, are sort of like this this foreign object, like, they don't really know what it is or how to use it because, again, like you were discussing with Dr. Bones, that knowledge and that education is not passed on to the children in school. They don't know how to take care of a cut or a laceration or, or how to protect it from getting infected and, and what do you do if it gets infected. So, uh, you know, this information is just not being passed on. So I'm trying to not just tell people what they should get, but why have it? So some, just some basic things. Um, make sure you have things for personal protection. And what we're talking about is masks. You see surgeons wearing masks. The reason they do that is so that they actually don't get their cough or their sneeze into the patient they're taking care of. It's not for their own protection, just by the way. It's so that they don't breathe bacteria into the wound that they're taking care of. So it's sort of the opposite. Most people see masks as, you know, protecting yourself, but really when you're caring for an open wound, those those cheap surgical masks are to keep you from getting that wound infected. Now there are special masks, and those are usually white colored, and they'll have um, a little elastic for your ears and sometimes a tie. They're a tighter fit, and another common name is N95. And what they do is they do protect you 
from breathing in someone else's infection. So if someone's coughing around you or sneezing, that does help protect you from getting sick. So there's two different kinds of masks. You should also think about eye protection. Again, if someone's coughing or sneezing, those droplets can get into your eyes. Um, and then, of course, there's gloves. Now, they make non-sterile gloves. Those are great for um, when somebody has started bleeding and you need to stop bleeding it or to clean their wound. Now, when you go to put a dressing on, a sterile dressing, you're going to want to put on sterile gloves. So that's when you're going to use those sterile gloves and, and changing those dressings twice a day because you want to keep the dressing clean that you're now touching the wound with, and the, and the cleanest glove is a sterile glove. Um, have a good uh, set of antiseptics some uh, uh, betadine, some um, witch hazels, awesome. You know, there's all kinds of antiseptics out there. So you want something to clean that wound with. Um, of course, have lots of gauze and start off with a, uh, just a box of Band-Aids with different sizes. And then you can move into different size gauzes. They, when you see the sizes, it says a 4x4, four 2x2. Four, two two. Those are um, just the inches, 2 inches by in, 2 inches or 4 inches by 4 inches. Um, you can get non-sterile gauze, which would be helpful okay. during the cleaning right during the cleaning process. And then you also buy sterile versions of those, which are the ones that will then be put on that clean wound, so it doesn't get infected. So that's why you need a combination of both some non-sterile and sterile. Uh, get lots of tapes. Paper tape is really great for not irritating that person. Every time you change a dressing and you're pulling off tape, you could be hurting that person. So paper tape doesn't hurt so much. You can also get things like an ace wrap to hold on gauze. Um, and, of course, those are great for sprains and strains in your ankles, wrapping those up if you've injured yourself. Um, have some instruments. Get a good pair of scissors. There's a special one called bandage scissors, and it has a blunt side to it, so it's not pointy. And if you have to cut off someone's shirt or your jeans in order to be able to get to the wound and see what's going on, when you stick the bottom part of that scissors under the clothing, if it's not pointy, now you're not going to injure the person. You're going, it's a protection so that you're not cutting that person as you're cutting off the clothes. So the top one is pointy and the bottom one is blunt on the edge. Get a bunch of over-the-counter medicines. Uh, get something for diarrhea. Have some pain medications. Um, get cough medicines, allergy medicines. Um, make sure you have a good variety of over-the-counter medicines. And you don't have to have hundreds and hundreds of them, but just, you know, think about, if, again, if you look at the book, we, we give you lists, but think about all of the different uh, things that can happen. And if you can't get to the doctor, how are you going to help take care of this patient? Um, ice packs are great. Now, they make instant ice packs. The problem with those is it's a one-time use. Once you pop that thing, it's cold for, it's not terribly cold, but it's cold for a while, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, um, and then it's done. So you have to buy a whole bunch of those. They have reusable, and they have ones that are gel and you can either right. heat them up with some warm water, which, you know, hopefully, even if you don't have electricity, hopefully you'll be able to, you know, start a fire or, or get some warmth somehow to heat up some water. So you can warm those up so they become hot packs. Or 
usually you can get some cold water, and all you have to do is soak them in the cold water for a little while, and then use right. them. So the reusable ones for, um, you know, being budget-wise, which I'm always big on, you know, I don't want people to spend hundreds of dollars on this stuff. So try to think about reusable uh, things like that. That's really a basic kit. If you have that, you can take care of a lot of things. Um, there are special uh, burn treatments, burn gels that have a little bit of lidocaine in them. And uh, right. those are for comfort because burns can hurt really bad. So uh, oh, one yeah. brand is called Burn Gel. And um, they, in a four-ounce bottle, I think it's probably around uh, $5 or $6. But it's a, a pretty good amount, four ounces. It's a pretty good bottle. And believe me, if somebody's got a bad burn, I mean, aloe vera is great for soothing it, but okay. it's not going to take the pain away. You know, aloe vera is one of the things that we love for natural remedies, but it does not have lidocaine in it. It is not going to, you know, keep the the child from crying or the adult from crying from a burn, right. you know. So think about something with some lidocaine in it for that situation. Um, you know, we have probably seven or eight pages of different medical supplies, depending on how many people you plan to take care of, how long are you going to need to take care of them, uh, what's the situation that is going on, are you, are you now going to have to chop down trees, use chainsaws, which could cause a whole host of other issues. Are you now going to have to cook outside so that people are going to be more exposed to accidentally touching a pan that's on the fire because you don't need to have gloves when you take a pan off of the stove, but now the whole pan heats up and the handle, and so people may have more issues with burns. They may spill things on themselves. So you're going to have a lot more of these kinds of issues. So think about what may happen, happen and what injuries may, may occur. I tell you, um, Amy, this book, this book will save you the trouble and time of having to spend out so much money on getting everything if you just go by it the smart way. And especially with the burns, um, I was just thinking about that because, you know, they used to tell me to put um, butter on a burn. I was like, that butter does, butter does not work. It might make you smell no. pretty good, make you smell like some fried <laughs> chicken, but it does not work on a burn. <laughs> no. The, what you, what you do day, for burn? Go ahead, sweetie. I was going to say, Amy, I was doing that one day on my job. My manager was like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I thought butter. She was like, no, butter does <laughs> not work in that situation. That's <laughs> one of those old wives' tales. That's something that's handed down from generation to generation, and there's okay. all kinds of those. Well, if you do this, um, you know, you turn around and, uh, in a circle five times and, and jump and hop and whatever, this will go away. Uh, well, sometimes it does because that's the power of positive thinking. But putting a butter on a burn is a very bad idea. Just cool it off, okay. get, get the hand or get, get what's touching the heat off as soon as possible and cool it off. Cold water as long as possible, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just keep pouring it and pouring it. If you have a faucet, hopefully you can just run that water over it for a long period of time. You want to cool the skin off to stop the burning. You want to stop the injury. 
And so the sooner you get it in contact with cool water, the sooner the heating and the, the burning and the killing of the skin will cease. So you want to cool it off for a long period of time, and then you want to put something like this burn gel on it or aloe vera. Um, and, again, okay. there are commercially made uh, burn products. Um, the next day, if it's a first-degree burn, like a sunburn or something that just turns the skin red, actually well, something that's very helpful, and, and my mother used this on me when I was young, mm-hmm. a vinegar, vinegar soak. Believe it or not, it heals the skin, and it's very, very soothing. And what she used to do, because I live in, we live in, we used to live in Georgia, but we, when we moved down to Florida, we weren't so savvy about uh, sunscreen back then. And so she would soak a T-shirt in a vinegar and water solution, and I would wear this to bed, or I would get in a bathtub with either apple cider vinegar. She mostly used white vinegar unless we didn't have it. Um, throw a bunch of white vinegar in the water. Smell terrible. I smell like a salad. <laughs> but I would get in that water, and it would cool it off and, and almost take the burn out of the skin. And so uh, vinegar soaks are great. You can even use them just with compresses, a washcloth with some vinegar water, and put it on the burn. It feels so much better. takes the burn, the stinging away, and it feels good, and it's cheap. I buy huge things of vinegar. It's what I use to clean my floors and windows. It costs nothing, and, you, and you're putting just a small amount in the water. So anyway, vinegar is another hint for burns. Oh, yes. My mother knows she loves um, vinegar. Vinegar great remedy in our household for anything. Yep. That's, that's, hundreds, that's hundreds one of, of things. Right. Yep. That's one of the old, look, Amy, that's one of them old-time home remedies that was released <laughs> when, you, when you need it. Oh, yeah, vinegar is right on point. Oh, this yep. is what I wanted to ask, Amy. When you have heartburn, is it a, is it um, suggestible to really, or, I mean, or advisable to really taste a little bit of mustard, or is that just another method? You know, instead of the mustard, um, if you were doing a home remedy, it is is actually, I've had so many people tell me this works for them, is um, some apple cider vinegar in water. Works okay. better. Okay. Apple cider vinegar in in a glass of water. I think it's a, just a couple of tablespoons. Doesn't taste great, but you but you're in so much pain. What happens right. a lot of times with heartburn is that you're actually not making enough acid in your stomach to break down the food. So it sits in your stomach too long, and then it moves up where it's not supposed to be into your esophagus. Now it's not supposed okay. to be up there. Your esophagus is saying, hey, what is going on here? So by drinking the apple cider vinegar, you move that food back down there and you give a little extra acid to the stomach to help break down the food and get it away. So it's, it's, um, it's something that, that actually works. Okay. I would definitely make sure I try that because I usually get that feeling. I can't stand that either. It gets right oh. in my throat and I'm like, oh, what to do, oh, yeah. and, I, and someone told me mustard, so I'm glad. That's why I need to get the book. I definitely make sure this is on my <laughs> book list. That's why I told your well, husband, you I know. said, this is a book for everyone to have, especially because when you listen to other people, and, of course, we sometimes don't do our own research. We listen to secondhand 
research people instead of doing it for ourselves. So you listen to everybody else. Oh, put this on and do that. And you're like, wait a minute. I need to know this. So I'm so glad that you are targeting all of this stuff. Now, Amy, what are some natural products that you really favor? Oh, goodness. Um, I love garlic. I mean, if you were in a situation where you did not have um, antibiotics, I mean, you're just like, that's it. Nobody has them, can't get them. You know, there's just no possible way. Garlic is, or just if you want to try it, you know, before you go to the doctor, there's no harm here. Um, But get fresh garlic, take a couple of cloves, and Mm -hmm. crush them up. Just crush them up so they're nice and chopped up in little bitty pieces, fresh, and put that on a spoon with raw honey and then eat that. Now, you can also spread that on some toast if you want, you know, just so it tastes a little better. Make like a garlic honey spread on a piece of bread and make like a little sandwich is fine also. But get that garlic and the raw honey in your body three times a day. And you will help fight not only bacterial infections, but viruses, colds, and flus. It helps helps to fight it. Your your breath is going to smell bad. Don't go on a date. It does. (laughs) I know it it does sound funny, but Amy is so right. It stinks, but it will definitely help. And another lady who I had on my show, she is into natural remedies. So she had a video up of that how to cure your sore throat, and she, that was one of her remedies, get garlic and raw honey, which I went and got. So when you have a sore throat, she said it would, it will go away just that instantly. So, yes. Yep. And, and speaking of the apple cider vinegar for a sore throat, if, mm-hmm. if you gargle, you gargle right. with the apple cider vinegar, that helps to okay. soothe, soothe that sore throat so it feels better. So okay. that, that's another remedy you can try for a sore throat. Um, so some other things I, I love is, um, like the garlic is, uh, ginger. Ginger is very similar. It has the antibacterial and the, the antiviral, but, but usually when you think of ginger, I mean, my mother gave me ginger ale when I felt nauseous and sick. The reason she did this, Mm -hmm. I actually, I'm not sure if she knew this, but ginger is a stomach remedy. When you are nauseous. Yeah, you can make a ginger tea. The the best way is a ginger tea. You can even get the uh, candied candied ginger. I think they have those in the grocery stores now. Uh, the candied ginger. You can chew on that. Yeah, yeah, and they they're um, yeah. really delicious. They are, and they, and that helps. Um, usually when I drink that, it helps my throat as well. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are just so many natural things, um, things that we think of as food. I mean, you think of ginger and garlic as food, but, you know, it, it has natural properties. Uh, peppermint is great. Um, you can make a tea for it. Um, you can use rosemary, sage, I mean, all and thyme. All of these things that we think are flavoring actually have medicinal benefits. Um, well, yeah. The time, if you yeah, the time if you make um, a tea or a tincture um, helps with treating colds and flus also. So I mean, you know, there's so many things that are out there in the grocery store, things that you can grow um, that can give you a healthier 
life now without having to right. go to the pharmacy. And they're not exactly. harmful. It's, you know, I don't, don't think that you can really overdose on garlic, <laughs> and I dare anyone to try because you're going to get that heartburn and, and some serious loose stools before you overdose on garlic. So it's, it's hard to overdo it on uh, these, these uh, natural herbs. Right, and I was just talk, I was just speaking that to one of my coworkers. The way times are going, we all we all are going to be guarding our own food after a while because it's just so much hormones and steroids in this food. You don't know what to trust anymore, but your own self. So, my husband he does it a lot. He gets out there and garden, grow cucumbers, oh, awesome. squash. Yeah, so I think that's the best remedy to have your own food. Now, Amy, this is what I want to know. I'm I'm very particular when I have medicine in my cabinet. I'm always looking at the expiration dates. Does that is that really a concern? Well, I'm actually going to throw this one over to Dr. Bones because you know we each have our okay. little specialties. So this this is his okay. thing. Go ahead, Sunny. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'll, let me tell you a little bit about expiration dates. Uh, yes. Expiration dates uh, have only existed since 1979 when the U.S. government. Uh, decided that every pharmaceutical must have an expiration date placed on it. Okay. Uh, an, ex- an expiration date is the last day that the pharmaceutical company will guarantee that that particular medicine is at 100% potency. Now, that doesn't mean that the day after or the week after, if you use it, that you're going to grow a horn in the middle of your forehead or a third eye or, <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> <clears throat> but, and the truth of the matter is, is that these medicines last a lot longer than what it says on the expiration date. Now, maybe don't take my word for it. Let's, let's go to FEMA, which is the uh, emergency management agency, federal emergency management agency. And these people with FEMA have millions of doses of various medicines that they use in cases of emergencies, the national, uh, national emergencies. Well, as you can imagine, they have these warehouses full of all this medicine, and it becomes expired. And so they would get the forklifts out, and they would throw away millions of doses of various medicines. And then they sort of looked at it and said, this is costing us millions of dollars, and maybe we should check these out. And so I'm going to – and so what they did is they did a particular experiment or study called the Shelf Life Extension Program. And the Shelf Life Extension Program found that they tested over 100 different medicines. They found that if the medicine was in pill or capsule form, that it actually was 100% effective 2 to 12 years after the expiration date. So much so that when the swine flu epidemic came around in 2009, they took their Tamiflu, which is an antiviral medicine, and they gave an emergency use authorization and it said use this for at least five years after the expiration date. Right. So expiration dates are a bunch of hooey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> as long as, long as it's in They're pill- stored. Pill ca- solid pill capsule. Right. Ca- solid pills and kept in a cool, dry, low humidity environment. Right. If you set them out in your 100-degree car, especially – I know those Georgia summers. You put your your medications right. in the trunk of your car, they're going to break down. 
Now, liquids okay. are different. Liquids, indeed, do lose potency. So insulin and, and uh, let's say, amoxicillin elixir, the, that pink elixir they give kids, that does break down. Yeah, li- liquids, okay. you have to obey the and, – and inhalers, anyone who's doing asthmatic inhalers, those will degrade much faster. You're not going to get m- many more, more times. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that because I will. I'm the one so quick in my household to throw somewhere. I'm like, oh darn it! It's um, it's a month later now. I'll throw it away, and I, my husband be like, why are you throwing the mail somewhere? I'll be like, well, the expiration date. And I'm the one who was getting afraid because I'm like, I don't want to just keep it. It's expired, so it might not be good anymore. And then when you think of it, on the expiration date, you thinking like, okay, it's the marketing. Is they going just to keep me to keep restocking up on my medicine to keep spending out more? But I'm glad that you you uh, finalized that answer for me, so I don't have to throw any more medicine away so quickly. Just keep it in a cool <laughs> in a cool place. That's right. It's artificial. Yeah, uh, yeah. artificial right. date. Yeah. <laughs> so my my lovely doctors here, um, or do you have any upcoming projects? Yeah, we have a lot of different. We're going to be in Chattanooga, which is not too far away from you. It's Chattanooga, Tennessee, on um, June 20. You'll be there with my mom. I said, you have to be there with my mom. That's her hometown. Okay. Yeah, my brother lives in Chattanooga also. Actually, he lives in Cleveland, but nobody knows Cleveland. (laughs) Um, But, yes, we'll. So we're going to be there uh, on June 29th. Sunday, June 29th, Sunday, June 29th at the Preparedness Expo that's in Chattanooga. We're uh, also basically uh, uh, putting out all sorts of different... Amy has a new Guide to Medical Supplies DVD, which has been very, very uh, successful. And uh, if you are just new at this and you want to learn what are the med- what are these supplies, take a look, you can actually see them and, and her opinions as to, you know, what to, what to have in your bag, then get her guide to medical supplies DVD. It's over on our website at doomandbloom.net. Doom and bloom, not doom and gloom. Doom and bloom. That's right. Where where we got we have over 500 posts on medical preparedness for times of trouble. Okay. Well, I will definitely make, I want to make sure that I stay in touch with you guys just in case if I'm able to get off work so I can go to that event. I think that would be very um, good for me to have that. Now, where can the audience get a copy of the Survivor Medicine Handbook? Oh, they can get it at Amazon.com. Just plug in Survival Medicine the Handbook. Survival the, 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 survival, the, okay, survival the Survival Medicine, medicine Handbook. <laughs> and uh, you'll go right to it. Uh, you can go to our website at doomandbloom.net also, where we have, uh, where you can actually get a signed copy if you so desire. And our book is uh, basically number one in the category of Amazon, in, in Amazon's categories of safety and first aid and uh, survival skills and, and is just had its one year anniversary. It's Yesterday. still and yeah. still and still on top. So we are uh, very blessed by having the support of all the the awesome people in uh, the prepared not only preparedness community just the all general over. and general population all over the world who've gotten our book. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I really do appreciate you for being on the show. God has blessed a wonderful couple to come together and share all this with us. You two are. You've, you're very blessed to have found each other and to be on well, the same page. 
It's true. It's hard to find that combination, and we're we're glad to be together. And we're glad that you, Technisha, asked us to be on your show. We're so glad to have been here. Well, thank you. I'm glad you took out the opportunity. I know sometimes people don't want to do it. They'll tell me, "Oh, well, I don't do I don't do blog talk radio." I'll be like, "Well, that's all right. One day, one day I will upgrade. I just have to keep going and just wait my turn. I'm patient." <laughs> Listen, we do, we do a show on Blog Talk. We've been doing it for almost four right. years. So That's there's right. nothing wrong with Blog Talk, honey. Yep. I like it's the product. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you know. also, before we get off the air, I like it because it's universal. See, when you start going to those radio stations, sometimes it's not – it don't reach out to everyone like you want it to. And then you don't want to get stuck I and trapped. Right. You don't want to just get stuck and trapped just maybe reaching out to the United States. Maybe you want to talk to somebody, let them hear it in China or Africa, anywhere. So that's what I like about Blog Talk Radio. I do. Well, I love it. Not only that, one more thing is that you don't have a boss telling you what you can and cannot say. It is up right. to you as who who you're going to have on and what you say. You are in full control. When you start working for a radio station, you may have a boss say, well, we really don't want you to say that, or we don't really want you to have that guest on. We don't like them. You know, you are freedom of speech, speech, honey. Right. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much again for being on my show, and, and I'll make sure I stay in touch with you. I'm following you on Twitter, Facebook, so I'll make sure I keep up to date on you. Absolutely. Well, thank you, and God bless. Have a beautiful day. You too. God bless you too. Thank you, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, it's been fun dealing with you today. Like I said to all my fathers out there, happy Father's Day to you in advance. I will see you on Monday. I will be relaxed, my husband as well. Oh, and make sure, stay, keep up to date on the World Cup. They're playing today as well. I'm telling you, this has been an ongoing thing. I'm really enjoying it. I don't know too much about soccer, but it's, it's fun just to get engaged with other people talking about it. But anyhow, you stay blessed, stay out the sun as much as possible, and enjoy your day. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.